You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by The Hartford. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Small Biz Ahead, the small business podcast presented by The Hartford. I am John Adekonis, and joined today by my always co-host, Gene Marks, and a special guest, Jason Morrison from JJK Digital. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about content marketing, the growth of that channel, and how you might be able to, to think about that as a tactic to your marketing mix, and also what it's like to start a business in the middle of a global pandemic when all you hear about in the news is small businesses closing. So excited to get into it. And uh, Gene and Jason, how's it going? It's going well, John. Yeah, it's great to be with you. know, it's funny. I was just writing about today. Um, I wrote for the Inquirer, and I have another piece that's coming out um, about startups. You mentioned about starting up in a pandemic. Um, and I know we'll get into it with Jason, but it has been a banner year for startups in 2020, like more than a 20% increase in startups compared to 2019. And there are a lot of factors behind that. I'm kind of curious to hear Jason's story about that. But um, just, you know, you would think that in such an unprecedented, bad, you know, economic year, a lot of people would be hunkering down. Uh, but that's that's not the case this year. So very interesting data that's coming out from the U.S. Census Bureau. Absolutely. And yeah. John, nice to uh, meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too, Jason. And, and thanks for taking the time to join us. You know, I think, you know, we, we've talked a lot kind of in recent episodes about content marketing and how folks can think about that as, as a channel to really be a good proxy for engaging their, you know, constituents, whether prospects or actual customers, kind of helping setting themselves up as experts or authority in the space and really helping to kind of surround that need to create demand, um, but also kind of comfort for kind of like that organic growth in their business, right? So with the world being so different from it was, you know, you know, 16, 18 months ago, and with this kind of new normal of us all being in front of our screens all the time, can you talk a little bit about content marketing as a channel and kind of what you've seen happen over the past year? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, content has really grown uh, since 2019 and 2020 and the pandemic. You know, we're seeing it used as a resource to really uh, build an education piece for the small business owner. You know, we're in an unprecedented time. Gene actually hit it right on nail on the head there um, with the 20% growth in startups. We are very much a part of that. And what we're trying to do is build a reciprocal relationship between the content or the publisher in this side and the brand such as the Hartford. And we see great attribution and great recognition um, with that, with long form content to build that education piece to help build a cadence around the question that a person goes or a small business owner goes to Google to answer. And then basically, how do we drum that down to a decision maker as in buying an insurance policy? So that's what we're really focused on. And we see that the more informative and engaging the content is, the better that those attribution numbers are. Awesome. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, one thing we we probably get a lot of questions around is like, what is content marketing really? And I think this might be easier said than done advice. But, you know, I, I've heard this kind of a couple of times and I, I'm not going to fairly attribute it. So I'm just going to say it's an unknown author, but it's really about like solving and not selling. Right. So it's kind of getting under that that notion of like, what is the question and how can you think about a solution? And, and hopefully, if you can provide that insight, that your product or your service would become that solution because you've kind of done the work to, to be a fair and trusted advisor. You know, it's interesting how you kind of think about it legitimately and like solving and, and answering a question. And I don't think we've really ever talked about that as a channel to distribute thoughts before, which I, I find really kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we look at it as a question because the best way to answer this is to 
just look at small business insurance. You know, it's a it's a wide open blue ocean in the terms of a of a budding vertical. Um, if you go back just three years ago, it was you know a vertical that was really emerging to answer those questions. And 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 the best way, reason as to why we look at it that way is because someone going to Google and surfing you know best small business insurance or best small business insurance company is literally asking that one question. They don't want to read about you know necessarily what is small business insurance. You know they're ready to make that decision. And if we're not providing that clear answer for them and utilizing our knowledge and expertise in the space to best assist that answer, then they're just going around and around and around trying to you know find a solution for their business. And because we're in a digital ecosystem more and more and more, you know we want to be able to provide those touch points uh, digitally through the content and make it, you know, essentially a seamless transition from content to provider. And in this case, the Hartford. Um, Jason, I have a question um, on that. Like I have a, another client um, that I work with. Um, they're a pretty well-known corporate brand. And um, it used to be back in the day, they would have content written about, oh, improving your business or some advice or some whatever. And, and it really would not drive that much traffic to their website. And what they'd started doing, I don't know, a, a year or two ago is, they just started generating content articles that had lots of keywords for their products, you know, and related products in there. I mean, the articles themselves aren't even that, you know, weren't even that great, but because the keywords were in there and because they were being published frequently and they moved them and they mixed them around, they even put content on their website that was not even visible, believe it or not, to, to website viewers uh, because they, they posted it like a really, really tiny font so that, but they still showed up on the website and Google likes that kind of stuff, you know? So where, you know, I guess my question to you is, is, is that where content is going, Jason? Where like, it's really just SEO driven and, and how can I drive people to my site? Um, and, and are we getting away from more narrative, more informational or educational content? Where, where do you balance all of that? That's a great question. You know, we uh, we really focus on on building the holistic view. And I think that's what you were touching on, Gene, where, you know, people are trying to grab as many SEO terms as possible to get you within their respective funnel. But we're actually seeing that the long form knowledgeable content, as in we want the more informative uh, pieces of content, because those are going to drive home the decisions or the the answers to people's questions. Right. So we're seeing the more informative the content is, the better that not only the brand retention is, but the better that the reader is self-educated to make a best decision for their small business. So it's a little bit of both to give you a convoluted answer. Um, you know, the first part of that, um, yes, people are just kind of slapping all of these keyword uh, terms and SEO strategies on their on their on their pages to rank higher. But in a lot of ways, we are actually seeing pages that provide more long form content perform a lot better uh, because they're better answering those people's questions. So, yes, to get people inside the funnel. Sure. They're, you know, using a ton of SEO strategies and using minute font to grab people's attentions at, at, at that point of question. But the more that they're able to inform the reader on a specific topic, we're seeing stronger performance on, on said articles. Yeah. And Jason, I think that's a, an important distinction, right? So I kind of think it's more of like, you know, like go slow and grow it and then maintain your ranking, right? So Gene, I think when you have people who kind of look for those down and dirty tactics, like it might be a nice flash in the pan. It's almost like a semi-permanent hair dye. Like it looks really 
good for like an hour and then you like it gets wet and it's like what happened um and it might do more long-term damage than good but you know maybe that's a good question for the listeners if you guys wanted an seo hacks tip maybe that's a good follow-up article so let us know in the comments and we can we can maybe find out like what works versus what's more sustainable because i think that might be kind of a, a compelling area to go but you know i think with that jason kind of this need now to think about long form and to respond to this new world of people asking questions and really wanting to kind of like get the what behind um, the service or product, it, it kind of created an interesting opportunity for you, right? Because you actually decided in the middle of 2020 to start your own company. That is 100% accurate. Um, you know, we, uh, my business partners and I, hence JJK, there's three of us, uh, we really wanted to leverage our own expertise um, in using the content to start our own business and we did exactly that awesome and then so jjk so you have two other partners so can you tell us a little bit about was this like a new opportunity that you saw you know you had a little bit of history in the content marketing game correct and it was more just the time it become right that's exactly it you know we're we all three worked together just by pure chance uh, and the company we were all at and what it allowed us to do is really you know, once COVID hit and just before COVID, there were some innate changes within the Google uh, structure and algorithms and how they ranked pages. And we saw it as a perfect opportunity to start discussing our own business idea. And once COVID hit and, and you know, the subsequent aftermath, we, uh, we basically said, now's the time. And a lot of people would have shied away from it. The reason why we said it now is the time is, you know, I'm a firm believer that statistics are for everyone else, uh, to be quite honest with you. And what I mean by that is that if you're not going to take the chance now, when are you? And I think COVID presented a lot of opportunities. Again, to Gene's point of 20% growth in startups year over year is, is a proof of people taking the leap now to be their own boss, to you know run their own ideas and to take the chance. And that's exactly what we did. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big believer of all I need is a dare <laughs> um, to do something. <laughs> and I'm also a big fan of trying to capitalize on that, you know, character flaw or um or kind of crazy chance, right? Because if you have one in a million chance, you still have one chance of success. But that's encouraging, I think, for people to know. Gene, you know, interesting to kind of see what you think about that. Because I, I look at you as kind of a good practical balance to um to some of the more risk advice. But what what are some things that, you know, I don't know, just curious to your reaction on kind of starting something new in the middle of what we all just kind of saw go down. So there's a lot of things that are going on out there. And Jason, I don't know if you fall into any of these categories, but um, when I talk to a lot of the people that have started up businesses in 2020, first of all, there's there was a lot of people that were unemployed. So there was not only did they have more time, but they needed money. And there's there's no better reason to start up a business than to provide an income for yourself and your family. So let us not ignore the fact that there was a financial and economic need uh, for people to provide for themselves. And they had to do what they had to do, even if it was just you know the most menial of tasks. That 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 was certainly one big thing driving things. Jason, I'm sure you'll also find out, and you can comment on this when I'm done. I, I'd like to hear your thoughts, but um, it, it's it's so inexpensive nowadays to start up a business. I mean, you start realizing you're working from home and we're accomplishing all the normal things we've done in offices before. And here we are, you know, we're able to do all of that using, you know, you know, all the online tools that we have from Zoom to QuickBooks Online to CRM applications. So the technology has made it really easy for us to start up a business and 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 look like like we're a legit operation. So I think that's fueled a lot of things. And you know what I think has also fueled a lot of things? And John, this goes, listen, John, you work for a big company, a big, great company called the Hartford. There are a lot of um, you know, company employees uh, that work not just for the Hartford, obviously, but for many companies around the country. 
And a lot of people have been working from home. And because they haven't been sort of chained to a, a cubicle, they've sort of had more flexibility and independence to get their work done. And um, I have found that people I know that have been working for other you know, larger companies have found some extra time to say, hey, you know what? I'm able to get my work done for my day job. And then I've got a few extra hours. Why don't I start up a little side gig that does X, Y, and Z? And John, I don't know if you've seen that as well among some of your like fellow employees or even out you know, in the world. Um, but I think corporate employees are adding to that trend as well. So those are, those are my thoughts. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I find myself, and I think this is one of those things where we've we talked about a little bit before, like what, what did the pandemic do? I find myself working more because I don't have those defined moments of transition, right? So there is no coming or going. And I'm, I'm someone I usually keep myself busy and I, I keep a lot on my plate. I like my life that way. And even without some of the activities or kind of engagements I would typically have, I still find myself constantly doing something, but more related to my day job. But I think, you know, to your point, maybe some roles or some some kind of areas or just behaviors kind of give yourself more freedom. I think that's more kind of like how you lived in this experience. But that is an interesting kind of insight. We did find ourselves, the three of us, at this crossroads, right? Do we go back into corporate and take a chance during a time where people are extremely timid about investing in new resources because we didn't know exactly how this was all going to play out. Um, we still don't know a lot, but things are leveled out as everybody sees uh, to quite an extent. And yeah, it did boil down to let's take a chance and make our own money instead of working for the man, uh, so to speak. And, uh, you know, taking that leap of faith, basically utilize all these amazing digital tools that have been able to help the small business, which we have helped you know, people do for the past several years and utilize these tools. How do we utilize these tools ourselves to to build this remote professional environment? I just wanted to touch on what Jim was saying. I mean, we agree wholeheartedly that, uh, you know, that's exactly why we started our business. We've been able to, you know, the costs associated with starting a business is, is you know, I don't want to say that, you know, someone investing in a business is negligible, but, you know, to take a leap of faith for a nominal cost to see how everything plays out and while leveraging these tools. It's just been an amazing experience for, for us and, and me in particular as, as CEO of JJK to learn and be adaptable and nimble throughout this process as well. And I agree, John, as to what you said, you know, I actually find myself working more, but more efficiently. Um, it's not necessarily a time commitment, but it's amazing that when you're not jumping from room to room or area to area within an office or in y'all's case, building to building over at the Harford, how much time an organization can save as to being more efficient. Um, and we've been able to give a lot of time back to our own families um, throughout this whole process, which has just been wonderful. Um, and we found that to be incredibly rewarding, which has actually translated to more success on our end in the last several months. Jason, I have to ask you, you know, to start up a business in a capitalistic society, one needs capital, right? So um, yeah. you know, the biggest area of capital, there, there, I think capital comes down to two things. There's time and there's money. And you just mentioned time. You've been able to, you know, be be more targeted with your with your schedule and more more efficient and more productive, and that's good. That's given you the time to start up the business. I'm also kind of curious because, and I'm only asking you this because it's another topic I, I want to touch on um, in the future is is actual money as far as capital. Um, I read, you know, and I see that our savings rates in this country. I mean, there are plenty of people that are suffering, so I certainly don't want to minimize the, you know, their plight and their issue. But fact of the matter is, is that savings rates um, are, are, are double what they normally are right now. 
Um, they're usually at around like, you know, six to 8%, and they're now hovering at around 12 to 14% in 2020. And on top of that, um, you know, U.S. health, you know, household wealth is like at an all-time high. Um, so people have more money. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, and obviously you don't have to share with us your specifics, Jason, but did that play into your conversation as well? In other words, did you look at your own personal financial situation and say, you know what, myself and my partners do have a little bit of extra cash on hand that we can sustain ourselves as we start up this business. And that was also a factor in, in helping you start things up this year? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. I actually think it was the single biggest factor. I mean, we found ourselves again at this crossroads, right? We 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 had more capital uh, personally than, than we had ever had before. Um, yes, the economy was going in a different direction, but to directly answer your question, I mean, I think that's exactly it. I mean, we just, if the time wasn't now, when were we going to feel comfortable doing so? And so to invest the, the personal capital is exactly what we did. If someone's at home thinking they have a good idea, you know, but they're kind of, you know, nervous to take the risk. I think I'm a big fan of, you know, the the inspirational poster advice. Like you got to separate like your fear from your intuition. Just go for it sometimes. You know, to your comment earlier, they called a, a leap of faith, right? It's not like a jump over a safety net of faith. What are some kind of considerations or things people might need to be prepared to do to kind of get started, you know, in the world we're in today? And and when you think about your business, like you're a service business to other businesses. So, you know, anything you'd share about how you kind of went about getting leads or reaching out to old contacts or how do you kind of replicate that? What typically is a really like on the street hustle, you know, kind of in today's climate. I, I think for those um, wanting to start their own businesses, I think now is the best time to do so. Nothing creates innovation more than the need to innovate. And we see that um, playing out in real time over the last 12 months. Yes, John, we are a service that sits in between other businesses. Um, but what we're able to do is leverage the context that we've made over the past, you know, holistically, my company uh, or our company has, you know, 60 plus years of experience in marketing. Um, and we've been able to use this hustle mindset to basically apply it in a digital world. And what does that look like? You know, to Gene's earlier comment, that looks like all these digital tools, the CRM tools, um, the contact tools that we can cold outreach to people. But in our particular case, we were incredibly fortunate to have a very robust partnership uh, with the Harford. And without the Harford's backing um, and understanding of what we've been able to provide, not only to Harford, but all of our other clients, we were very unsure as to how that was going to play out. And essentially with the Harford's backing, we've been able to leverage this amount of trust uh, with our partners. And it's just been an incredible experience for us. You know, the biggest point to me is that, again, to my first point, it's the best time to start a businesses right now, because that means the idea is fresh in your mind. It's exciting in your mind. And that's exactly what happened to us. So, you know, we just we jumped all in and, and just and just have taken off with it. Awesome. Well, congratulations. I mean, it's a big accomplishment in, in any climate, but especially kind of the, the world we all live in right now and the year we all went through. I think, you know, good news is much needed. And it's always good to hear about kind of someone taking their vision and bringing it to life and succeeding. So, so very much, you know, appreciate you kind of sharing that story with us and wishing you much continued success there. Thank you so much. Jason, thanks for coming on. Thank you guys. Uh, it's been a, it's been my honor. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us. Um, you know, Jason, I think we could probably have many more talks on uh, the value of SEO and content. So hopefully you'll join us again in the future. Gene, you know, thank you as always for, for the great questions and, and insight. And thank you all for listening. Um, we wouldn't be here without you. 
So enjoy the rest of your day or evening or whatever time it is, when and where you're listening to this. And we'll catch you on the next version of uh, Small Biz Ahead. See you guys next time. Thanks. Thanks.